Hi, I'm Marion Evans from Elevate BC and welcome to the exclusively Elevate podcast series. These episodes are our way of providing you with free insight and advice in your business journey. Through the series, we'll be discussing a range of topics with successful business leaders and prolific media broadcasters, such as Andrew Byrne from ITV News and the BAFTA-winning comedian and presenter Rod Gilbert. Welcome to episode two. On the previous episode, the wonderful Andrew Byrne from ITV News and I discussed resilience. And in this episode, I'll be talking going remote, all things remote working, including managing teams, with a fabulous Jess Hickman from Crunch Simply Digital. Hope you enjoy, and please review us if you have time. Is it broadcasting now? <laughs> oh, getting to grips with this fabulous technology. <laughs> Bloop is it good, I think. Yeah, we've got plenty of materials for that, David, won't we? Uh, no, you're a consummate professional. Ah, yes, of course. Yes, of course. Uh, really, the purpose of these sessions are to give a bit of free support during this slightly crazy time. And last time I was joined by Andrew Byrne, and this week I've got uh, fabulous Jess Hickman, who I'll leave to introduce herself shortly. I know a few of the uh, attendees today, but also some new faces, which is great. Those of you who don't know me, so I'm, I'm Marion Evans, and I, I run a few different businesses. One of those is um, Elevate BC. So Elevate BC was literally born out of uh, wanting to help other kind of ambitious individuals to get ahead, really, with their businesses and, and kind of unlocking their potential. So I've been really fortunate to win a few awards uh, over the last few years in, in that vein. And um, it's an absolute joy, really. So I get to work with lots of fabulous individuals and uh, I get to help people. So uh, what's, not to, what's not to love about doing that? Today, we are going to be covering working remotely, the joys of going virtual, which for me has been a really steep learning curve, and managing teams from home, which I know a little bit more uh, more about. I'll let Jess introduce herself and then we'll we'll get, get cracking. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you, Marianne. And hello, everybody. Some lots of new faces for me. So hello, nice to meet you. Uh, so my name is Jess. I am a leader in digital marketing. So I work for a company called Crunch. We are based in Swansea, but we are one of the top three digital agencies in Europe. Um, so I am also, I guess, I am a, I'm a manager, I'm a leader within the business. Um, and I kind of, so my, my passion, the thing that I really like within my career, within my job, uh, within my life, is kind of twofold and two very opposing things. So I would say two polar opposite things. So number one is data and technology and innovation. And then on the other hand is people. So two very different things, but hopefully uh, two things that will help um, with this webinar. Oh, thanks, Jess. Really. Uh, now, as far as I'm aware, you can ask questions through the Q&A box. Is that right, Jess? And that also is right, yeah. So the Q&A box, the chat box, and we'll answer them as we go or at the end. Uh, we'll make sure we fit them all in, though. Now, and we've had quite a few questions uh, through already. So um, I think we've tried to construct it that we'll be kind of ticking those off as we go along, but by, by all means, just ask anything as we, as we go through, as Jess said. Um, okay, so to kick us off, I am just going to share with you um, something that I use quite a lot, or certainly something I've used a lot of over the last uh, month or so with, with my, my clients and some of the people that I executively coach who lead um, some, some of the organisations uh, across Wales. But also something that I introduced quite a few people to at the last webinar. So I'm looking at it 
today, I guess, from more of a managing team's perspective. So if we just quickly consider these different kind of elements um, and some of the questions you might be wanting to be considering and also maybe asking some of some of the people that you work with. Um, so from a mental toughness perspective, really we're thinking about um, are, are we able to look at things positively? Do we have that kind of positive outlook? And if not, even if you're pretty resilient, it may be that others aren't quite as able to do that. Um, so that's something to bear in mind when you're, you're managing others. Um, physical endurance, really don't, don't get too concerned about that endurance bit, but more in terms of physical, are we looking after ourselves? Are your teams looking after themselves? Um, isolation can have you know, quite an effect on, on different people. So from a mental health, from a well-being perspective, um, not being able to get out and about, you know, are they still doing some, some exercise and still eating well? Because, um, you know, it all it all kind of has an effect on us, on our mental state and ability to, to work. Mm -hmm. um, so the next uh, bit down there, look, I've put my cursor over it, another... Emotional balance, that's the one. Um, so in terms of emotional balance, kind of questions we think about that is uh, being conscious of how you're feeling about everything that's going on, but also being conscious about where other people are. So um, I saw something great on LinkedIn about a month ago about how we're all going through the same storm, but we're in very different boats. I think that's really important to remember is everybody's circumstances are so different. So when you're trying to manage a business and manage teams, uh, it's having that empathy. So empathetic leadership is, is uh, something which is far more topical now than it's ever been, but it's really important to try and imagine what it's like in, in other people's shoes. Um, how we look after people in times of uh, strain and crisis and change has a huge effect on their loyalty and their... Um, um, their trust in us when we when we get through those uh, tough times. So just to bear that in mind. Purpose. Remind you about purpose, particularly again when you're managing other people, is lots of people have got a new purpose now. So it may have been when you were in the office together or when you were working with them previously, uh, they had a very clear purpose, a very clear role that may now be obsolete. They may be a completely different purpose to what they're doing. Um, Often, we're looking at purpose in terms of meaning of life. We're thinking, why am I here? What am I doing? What is the purpose? But I would encourage you to think of purpose in a much uh, more succinct and almost daily routine way um, in times of, of crisis. So um, what is my purpose today? What do I need to get through today? Um, and it makes it a bit more manageable. So it's those kind of manageable chunks. So bear in mind, people need direction. Um, so your staff will need some direction as well as, as support um, to get them through. That final bit, connectiveness. I think Jess is going to come on to talk a bit about that as well a little bit later. Keeping connected. Part of the reason why I wanted to run these webinars was to keep connected to uh, my clients, but to new people, to show that we're all going through this and that actually there's lots of people like myself who are putting material out there, lots of supportive uh, bits and pieces to, to help you. So keep an eye out and, you know, connect with the people who can who can help. Okay, I think I think that's enough on resilience. Unless uh, of the yeah, that's amazing. And I think it's so true as well, is that all of all of that kind of stuff, which is always important, has kind of become even more important, hasn't it? And I think, 
it's really interesting for me that it feels like and I'm really glad that we're doing this webinar as well because it feels like for ages I work with quite a lot of recruitment and HR teams and for ages everyone's been talking around um working from home and flexible working and that's been a there's been a lot of narrative around it but actually if we're honest and, and even if I'm honest there's kind of like there was previously an underlying skepticism around working from home and working remotely and everything that's gone on I think has meant that people have taken a step back we've all had to work from home and managers and leaders of businesses have gone, oh, everyone is working from home. They are actually working um, and they're, they're working really quite hard and they're doing really quite a hard job. Um, so it's, it's been a really interesting change over the past couple of weeks in just how, how people are thinking about working from home. And I don't know about you, Marianne, but I think that this is something that will kind of continue for the long run I don't see work and the future of the workplace and the office being the same now as what it, it what it was three weeks ago or four weeks ago however long it was more than that now was <laughs> years ago now I think this, yeah. yeah and lots of people talk about the new norm but actually I think it's the new better isn't it if we don't learn the lessons yeah absolutely absolutely and I think that there I guess there's some good things that comes with it and um, so the idea that there will be more flexibility and people are able to work from home for me I get an extra 10 hours a week from my commute which is amazing so I've been able to fill my time with other things um, but also I think there are challenges as well. There's challenges in um, lots of different challenges for lots of different people. When I've had those challenges, so when I've had those moments where I'm just like, oh my goodness, me as a control freak, what is going on? Like, how can I control everything that's going on? And I kind of go back to a model that you introduced me to, Marianne, in one of our coaching sessions. And I know you're going to talk through that, but it's a really nice model that for me helps me to just think about what are the things that I am in control of? Um, what are the things that I can influence? But also know that there are some things that I'm not in control of and that's okay as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one of my favourites, isn't it? That's the, that's the... So good, yeah, great. Yeah, that's the uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So that one I referred to, to last time and it's the reminder that... Um, being proactive uh, depends on us really focusing in on what we can control and what we can influence. And when we have things like the pandemic that we've all been kind of thrust into the middle of, uh, we can't help but be reactive. Um, but the sooner we can identify those things that we do control, the sooner we feel back in our comfort zone, really. Um, and we can control what we're spending our, our time on to a certain extent and our uh, emotions. And um, one of the things that has a big influence on us are the emotions of others. So if you are a manager um, or a leader, don't underestimate the influence that you are having on the people you work with. So whether or not we decide to approach things with a sunny disposition um, and um, or not is really a decision we make. So our behaviour is completely within our control. We decide that. Um, I mentioned, I think, in the last session about um, zappers and sappers. So the mood hoovers. You know, don't be a mood hoover. You know, what, what, there's nothing to be gained by being a mood hoover. <laughs> Um, really important to try and, you know, we're, as far as I'm aware, we're only here once. So, you know, helping one another and cutting ourselves and others a bit of, a bit of slack um, and being a bit 
bit supportive um, in times of needs important. I've lost count of the times I've been having online meetings and um, my daughters have come into the background to ask for ice cream or something um, because I know I can't say no in front of lots of people. That's probably why. <laughs> uh, but um, it's it's where we are. It's, it's you know, um, and actually I think people are pretty forgiving. So, um, right. So in terms of things you can control, one of the things that has been really important for me um, has been getting to grips with doing more virtual stuff. So I was used to using Skype for exec coaching. I was used to that type of thing. But I'm a very face-to-face -face type person, usually in a boardroom with other individuals um, or facilitating meetings. And um, so it frightens the life out of me. Uh, hence why I have Jess um, doing this session with me. So Jess, you're going to take us through some of the key um, ways to interact virtually and hints and tips, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think um, I think there's almost, there's, there's kind of two ways, isn't there, that you need to look at. And this kind of goes back to my idea or earlier of what, what I enjoy. So it's probably just two ways that I frame things for myself. Um, but hopefully they'll make sense for you guys as well is part of it is the circular control is the kind of the technology that you use. So there was a really interesting um, comment that came out on LinkedIn a couple of days ago, and I can't remember who said it. What they were saying is that businesses have gone through the same digital transformation in two weeks, what they would usually go through in two years. So businesses and all of us that are involved in businesses have had to really change the way that we use technology, the technology that we use, we're not in front of people anymore. Exactly as you said, Marianne, you're used to being able to kind of be with people and have people face to face and have those conversations. And I think it's important for us and there's, uh, yeah, okay, so from, from my perspective, there are lots of different pieces of technology. The choice out there is endless, um, and I have tried, tested, been burnt, not worked, um, done, done all of those things. The three ones that I think for me that are really important, actually, I have leaned on as we are in this process um, is number one, so your messaging apps, your business comms apps, um, so your Slack, your Microsoft Teams, uh, your Skype as well, if, if anyone is using Skype. Um, and I think that has been really important for us as a business and as a team to make sure, and I think one of the questions was about this, is to make sure that we are communicating together, communicating as a group, and almost having, we use Slack, so Slack is my main one, um, and we use that in the same way that we would do to kind of feel like we're in the office. So the questions we ask on Slack are those kind of questions where we just lean over and shout over to someone in the office those questions, and it's informal, and we have um, daily quizzes on Slack. So using Slack or Microsoft Teams and those chat and messenger apps, as you would do kind of in your normal day-to-day -day office, almost using those as your internal office. And it's quite nice, actually, to think about the different technologies in that sculpture of what would this look like if we were doing it in the office. If we were face-to-face, -face, what would that look like? So for us, Slack is just like going over to someone's desk, asking them a quick question, and then going back. So it can be informal. You don't have to be uh, very formal, and that's fine. And if you aren't able to make a catch-up on Slack, then that's cool as well. We then have um, Zoom, and I think um, probably all of us have used Zoom for the first time in the past month or so. They have done amazingly out of everything that's going on. Um, they have, yeah, they've had a huge boom. Um, and actually, we use Zoom for number one client meetings, obviously, and meetings like this and webinars like this. 
but we also use it internally as a, a proper meeting. So if we have a Zoom meeting, that's a proper meeting. Like usually if we were in the office, we would have gone to a meeting room. We'd have tea and coffee laid out. We might have a few biscuits as well. <laughs> so thinking about it in those kind of mindsets. And it also means that when people come to a Zoom meeting, they're coming with the expectation that um, number one, they'll be there, that they'll be there on time. Um, and also that they will have prepared for that meeting and there's an agenda that we need to follow. So having that structure, I found, works really well and actually means that if you think about the technology you're using in the same way you think about, well, if I was in the office, what would I do? That helps to just put that structure around the technology you're using. Yeah. And then I guess the third one then is Trello as well. So if you do have big projects, we have found, and again, there's a lot of project management tools that are out there. There's a lot of project management tools that I've picked up, um, used for a day, spent a whole day trying to learn how to do them and then drop them the same day. Um, but Trello does seem to be the one that is best if you have a lot of team members or a lot of people that are working on one project then that's really important from a, um, a kind of practical perspective and being able to check in on where everybody is. So that's the kind of technology side. And I think having that structure, thinking about the technology in line with your day-to-day -day life makes a massive difference. Yeah. And then I also think there's the things that you can um, control is, is how you're reacting and how um, you're structuring your day based upon everything that's going on because I think it's quite easy I don't know about you Marianne but it's quite easy to kind of get lost in everything that's going on and lose your structure and you're at home and yeah. um, it's all very different and there's not that get up go to work have my lunch come home from work and then you have very set places and yeah. um, so I think for me I found the key things are I probably actually I probably got all of these on me so number one is this is my goals book that literally <laughs> Every single day, I write my goals out. And I think it's quite important for us, even when we are at home, when it is different, still think about what it is that you want to achieve, what's important, what's urgent at that time. Yeah. Um, having a separate workspace as well. So having an office or having just a, an area that you can close off. I do say that. Um, and I'm in my living room right now. So <laughs> hypocritical much. Um, but that is something to think about. Yeah, and, yeah. and then I guess also having structure and having boundaries. I know it's something you talk about as well, Marianne, is just having those time scales. I think it's easy for us as managers, but also for our teams to just keep on going because it, there isn't that switch off time. And having that switch off time, having that kind of schedule of events makes a huge difference to just make sure that, you know, you're treating your time wisely and you're not staying up and just working all hours, God sends, just because you're getting into that pattern of habits. Yeah, agree. That structure is really important. And that's equally important when you've got children. I know if there's any parents on like that, that's been one of the biggest challenges. For I don't know how you do it. Tell us your tips. I, can, I don't have children, so I have my challenges are down here compared to everybody else. Um, I don't know, really. I, I think it's, uh, I, I think you become uh, a little bit less, um, um, I think your standards uh, have to change. I don't, I don't mean it like that, but I, I guess I've always been very compartmentalized. So work is, is mm -hmm. one compartment and, and, and home has been another. And that's one of the things I've really had to uh, learn to do over the last couple of months has been that 
switch that actually I am only one person and the kids and my husband and my home life is now part of my business life and mm -hmm. actually that's okay that that's okay and what I felt uh by doing that is actually it's developed some of my relationships with some of my business clients in a different way I would so agree with that yeah yeah different almost they say different sides to me now whereas mm -hmm. I think um people Perhaps they 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 hear about uh, who they hear about something I've done, or they hear about me because of some award, or they've heard about from Stefan Castle, and so yeah. they paint this picture of what this person must be like, and um, and actually it's been quite a leveler for them to see that I'm not perhaps what they expect. <laughs> I'm a man, I'm still a friend, I'm still. Uh, yeah. You know, all these other elements, as we all are, you know, and I've got plenty of weaknesses, which I started to, to uh, allude to in the first uh, first session, which is why I'm kind of um, making sure that I'm using my awesome network of, of uh, uh, individuals to um, to learn and also to share some of that with, with other people who might be struggling with different elements over this time yeah. as well. And I think um, that's one of the main things for me as well, and I'm really glad you picked up on that, is... Um, I love it when I have a meeting and someone's kids in the background running around playing Havoc. I think it's great. I think it just, and there was a question actually from Steve who said, um, and this kind of ties in, I think, is COVID has put more pressure um, on the successful sales process to generate new revenue. What are your tip tips, top tips, sorry, um, for homeworking business development teams when the world has stopped buying? And actually that kind of ties into what you were saying, Marianne, is from our perspective, we have we've seen that actually like that's almost like your, your circle of concern is that people aren't buying right now and that's absolutely right but the things that you can influence is we have opened up more conversations recently and actually the conversations that we're having with new business clients and on with prospects we've been able to really get to know those clients and really get to know those prospects so much more than what we would do usually because usually they have that guard on and they are in their business mindset and they're kind of they're used to being sold to and they're just like oh just I'm not another salesperson whereas actually now we found we can go in and have a real conversation with people we're all in the same boat so actually we can start to build those relationships and I think if you can build those relationships now and show that you are real people show that you are friends and colleagues and that actually you're all there to help then that will make a massive difference once we come out of this and once we are thinking about um people actually buying again which would be a nice place to be <laughs> i completely agree and also how are you adding value mm -hmm. so i spend a lot of uh, time with um business people looking at return on investment and actually how do we how do we add value to people um creating that value is, is really really important important in times of uh, um, in times of market fluctuance and also diversifying businesses mm -hmm. looking for those opportunities to diversify um, and sometimes it's simple in some respects because you've got a product that you can put online or you've got a service that you can adapt to put online mm -hmm. much more difficult for restaurants and bars but we've seen some amazing innovations from some of the local businesses even in our area where yeah. people just reinvented themselves and they're doing yeah. services they're doing um uh connecting with people in just different kind of ways so um 
what I think it's Bozer that said, um, necessity is the mother of invention. And yes. as an entrepreneur, I absolutely get that. And I, I see people doing some incredible things all the time in business where they just see a need and they reinvent themselves. Um, also, I think if this is as taught us as business people anything, it's the need to um, have... Uh, Diverse income streams, if that's at all possible for you, mm-hmm. so that you, all your eggs are not in one basket. Um, and that may not be something you can do overnight. It may not be something you can do over 12 months. But if you look at your career span, um, that's definitely something to bear in mind so that you've got things that are, are at less risk with, with different um, situations hitting them. Um, yeah. I've got a day on that. Anyway... <laughs> I'm conscious that, uh, where are we, how are we looking on time? Oh, my word. Yeah, no. bad. Always bad. <laughs> okay, I, um, shall I just share with you uh, the components of a high-performing team? Definitely. Yeah, I really like this. Um, okay, so let me just spring forward to this. And, um, okay, so we run entire programs on, on this uh, topic and um, away days and all sorts. But I just thought I'd mention these from a high level perspective because regardless of how we're interacting with teams so whether we are um, in the office with them whether it's remote whether we've got to do everything um, online or not there are key components for any really effective um, high-performing team so that clear vision and literally just give you a whistle stop tour of it but that clear vision for the business that alignment um of the kind of um uh, vision mission and values we often refer to it at so that vision at the top of the organization is that clear is everybody clear of what that is the common purpose the purpose of each team within an organization can be quite different, and that purpose can change depending on what's happening. So just be clear with the purpose and priorities of the team so that they know um, what they need to be prioritizing. The culture, this is a great time to really demonstrate the culture you've got as a business. So back to what Jess is saying in terms of um, how you interact, that banter, I can tell, and, and you will be the same, you, you can tell the culture of an organisation by that kind of banter. Mm-hmm. How do people behave? Yeah. What is the interaction? Are they happy? Are they engaged? Are they full of energy? Um, mm-hmm. and, and one of the ways to instil a strong culture is that trust, is that support, and those regular um, touch points. So whether that's, as, as Jess said, formal meeting, catch-up, team meeting on Zoom, or just the, the banter. Really yeah, important. and I think um, what's, been, what's really important for me that's come out is um, video calls as well. I, yeah. I, and it's so weird, because I used to work from home one day a week, and I would, I would do that, and I always kind of felt separated from the team, and it was kind of my day to just get my head down and do stuff and call in. I'd call people, but it wasn't quite the same as being in the office. But actually having video calls and video chats, just it, it takes away those barriers completely. And I think it's really, really important. Yeah, yeah, it is. And one-to-one conversations with people. So when I'm in, when I do executive coaching face-to-face, I rely a lot on people's body language because they give yeah. so much away. They can be telling me one thing, but the body's telling me something different. And I've been really concerned, actually, how, how do I really effectively do that with a new client online? 
But what I've found is people are less distracted. So when there's just two people online together, mm-hmm. you th- there is there is nothing else. So it's actually quite um, quite surprising how good a conversation, the level of conversation you can have with people. So if you've got members of staff who are struggling, having that one-to-one conversation, just checking in, how 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 are you getting on? You know what, what's what's going on from where are you on? Yeah. Those responsibilities, you know, that's a given. If people don't know what you're expecting of them, then they don't know whether they're doing the job well or not. So very clear roles and responsibilities, and that's 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 an absolute necessity in any any good business. Um, and then you know, if I just oh gosh, hang on, let me just flip. Let me just. Let me just remind myself. Efficient, effective processes. Never has there been a more important time to look at how efficient we can be. Um, And it's about working smarter. It's about working um, much more uh, succinct and productive. So if now all of a sudden people have got less commuter time, that's great. If people, you know, taking advantage of of, um, doing things efficiently is really important. So as a team, listen to what your team is telling you. If you're doing something that actually is inefficient, um, it needs to be re-looked at. Mm-hmm. As the leaders or the managers, we don't always have the answers. The team will know how's the best way to, to function. So listen and respond to that. Collective leadership. Encourage people to use their leadership skills. Just because you've got the senior role by title doesn't mean you're the best person for that job. Surround yourself with people who have strengths, understand what those strengths are, help them to make the most of those strengths. Solid relationships, trust in people. Um, trust goes a long, long way. There's lots of ways of building good trust in the team. Um, and just as you've got to, um, what do they say? Keep your... your um, Friends close, but your enemies closer. So if you've got somebody who's seen as a problem person in your team, that is the relationship you need to work on. Are they right in the team? Are they not right for the team? And and obviously there's there's lots of steps that need to be taken if they're not the right person. Yeah, and I find with that um, with that trusting, which I think is the most important thing, is sometimes as a leader, is it's about you showing your vulnerability as well, and not always trying to be, which probably uh, to be fair was me, is always trying to be like I have, I am like rock solid. There are no cracks in me. There's no vulnerability. But actually, I found. The more that I've opened up to the team and kind of talked about my family, about what's going on for me, about, you know, those kinds of things, actually, people really resonate with that. And it really helps them to trust you and know that you are a real person as well. And you're just there to kind of help make their lives better and easier and to push them forward. Um, And I find that really helpful and also quite um, encouraging for me is that that vulnerability isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. No, and as leaders, really, our our role in, in, in business is to make other people better. Yes. It's not about pushing ourselves forward; it's about helping other people. That that's what that's what great leadership really is is, is all about. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. Showing that vulnerability is an essential part of that because you need to know the vulnerabilities of other people as, as well. Uh, excellent communication. Communication um, again clearly is key. So understanding the, the kind of protocols of how you're going to communicate, what works for some people, ask them. You know, if if a call at nine o'clock is, is really a bad idea for somebody because of uh, their 
other half needs to do their check-in with work or whatever, then just work around people, but find out what that excellent communication looks like now and how you want to manage that change. So as we go back through the transition, back to um, a new norm, whatever that looks like when lockdown is, is gone, um, keeping those excellent communication uh, skills and learning from each other and adapting that change. Because how we adapt is... Um, uh, is you know gets the wheat from the chaff really. Um, skill diversity and team mix. So I do a lot of work with them um, people on team dynamics, and that's really down to the type of personalities you've got. Mm. And um, if you've got a good team, the chances are you've got a real mix of personalities and strengths. Um, capitalize on that. Recognize the strengths of the team. If you've got someone who is really analytical and loves going into the detail of things, then they would be a great person to ask to help put some structure to some of the team meetings. If you've got yeah. someone who's really outgoing and um, a people person, then they'd probably be good at uh, communication strategy for the team or maybe um, the uh, more of the marketing type element. So use the, the diversity of the, the team and, um, and sell it. Yeah, I think we found that to be um, even more important, actually, when we're working from home. And it's quite interesting. In my team, I have the social instigator, so the person, and they're tasked with making sure that there are challenges and quizzes that are going on. You've got the organized person who just gets stuff done. You've got the maybe more empathetic person who thinks about what people are going through. And actually, for you to kind of delegate those roles and those responsibilities helps to bring them up. And I've seen them really thrive in everything that's going on because they know that they're helping and they're adding value by doing things that they love anyway and it makes a huge difference yeah and that's giving them a new kind of purpose isn't it almost mm-hmm. i've got this yeah, as well yeah. responsibility we like to feel needed you know that's a very mm-hmm. important part of psychology um embracing change so again that's another um uh, piece of work that I, I tend to do quite often is transformational change and we've been thrust into this massive change. And, of course, there's that kind of change curve. If you don't know what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, then I'm, I'm happy to do a session on that one day. But it's basically that, um, you know, we get into that denial. Oh, my gosh, this is, yeah, it'll all go away in a couple of days. It'll all be over. It'll all blow. And then that realisation, actually, no, lockdown's here for quite a while. We're going to have to completely adapt. Um, and then that's finding what does that new world look like? Um, if you have a strong culture within your team, then the team tends to be able to embrace change quite quickly. If you haven't, then you tend to see the cracks uh, in a team when change happens. And, and you know, we haven't had change like this uh, before. But there's one, the only constant, that's what they say, is that the only constant is change. So regardless of whether it's a pandemic or whether you're going to go through um, a change of product, a change of service, a new IT system, whatever change is coming up, um, that strong culture is really important um, to make sure that you can weather all those those storms. So uh, whistle-stop tour of some of the elements to be thinking about when you're managing teams remotely and, you know, in um, uh, not remotely. Uh, I'm I'm not sure what the opposite of not remotely is uh, in Anyway, um, <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, I hope that's been helpful. I'm just wondering whether there's any questions that we haven't kind of covered off, or whether anybody's got anything they want to ask 
about what they've heard, perhaps, during the, the session? If so, please, um, please shout. Please use the Q&A. Steve, in situ. Oh, thanks, Steve. I'm new. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, save myself. Thanks. <laughs> uh, okay. There's no questions. So um, okay, that's fine. So looking back through some of the questions that were asked ahead of the session, I think we've covered off most. Jess, is there anything that glaring that I've missed? The only one that I I remember only because it referred it relates back to kind of an experience I have is I think someone had mentioned about how do we I guess actually there's two ones. Um, number one was how do we onboard teams um, when we're in lockdown and that's actually something that we went through as a team so um, we had two people start the day before lockdown was announced so they had one day in the office first them um, and I was actually on holiday so I've not actually met them face to face so we've had to completely onboard them um, yeah. as a team and make sure they feel like they're part of the team. And I think the key thing is, to be honest, all of those things, but really communication is giving them, making sure they're communicated with, making sure they have face time with the senior members of the team and all members of the team to kind of introduce them to the roles and the processes and how we do things. Yeah. Um, but also to give them tasks as well that will um, allow them to really understand what's going on in exactly the same way as you would do when you're there is have those tasks so that they can feel like they're part of the business, they can see the value that they're adding yeah. and have a mentor that is there with them and a buddy up scheme to make sure that they're onboarded properly and that they have somebody who they know they can go to and that it is no questions uh, barred, like you can ask anything no matter how silly you think they are and then go for it. So that was one. And I think the other was how do we... Um, communicate when there is a furlough process going on as well and I think it's probably quite an important one there's I think it's about 76 percent of businesses Marianne you might list the stat that have used um, the furlough scheme in Wales and yeah. it is difficult and there are um, some challenging conversations that are happening within businesses across the country across the world right now yeah. My idea is that I think that it's important that we celebrate the wins and communicate those wins, but also a kind of face up to the brutal facts as well and are honest with our teams about what's going on, what you know, what you don't know, um, but also, you know, what your plan is as well. Um, and I think that having, having that face to face, being honest about everything that is going on and not trying to hide things or keep things from the team because you think that maybe it's not going to help their morale. Sometimes you just have to say, look, I don't want to tell you this, but this is the, the scenario right now. This is what we think is the reality right now. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. And again, that comes back into that communication piece. They're, they're being empathetic, so trying to look at what it's like in another person's shoes is mm -hmm. really, really important. Um, and to, to an extent, we, we forget what people say, we forget what people do, we never forget how somebody makes us feel. Mm -hmm. So there's thinking about how you deliver messages is, is very important. Um, so from, from those kind of two different elements that you've mentioned there, Jess, somebody brand new to the business, you know, try and put yourself in their shoes. What is it that they would want to know? They might not want to ask you, but they might want to buddy up with somebody else. So doing that something. Mm -hmm. And then somebody who perhaps has been with you for a long time and now all of a sudden they're, they've been furloughed or, or there's that massive uncertainty of whether you're actually going to be able to keep those people on. Yeah. Um, 
it's that, um, yeah, it's the brutal facts, the, the stock steals paradox, as they call it. You're kind of, um, nobody wants to be in that position. No business wants to be in that position. And it's that, um, uh, that the, the sharing of that um, uh, acknowledgement that none of us would choose to be in the position that we're, we're in. Um, we are where we are, so what can we control? Well, exactly as you said, Jess, we can control that we give you information, that we tell you how what's going on, how we how the business is standing at the moment. Mm-hmm. And as far as we can plan ahead, we, we do that. But things are changing at such a rate that it's very difficult to do that. People understand that. So it's that uh, that communication um, and sharing. Um, lots of businesses are going to go through unprecedented change over the next 12 months. So, you know, there's talk about global recession. Well, many say we've started the global recession, haven't we? Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. going to be massive changes and maybe we should do a session just on, on change, really. But um, managing that change is, is a big topic. The key to it, though, is communication, considering how the other person feels and, um, you know, that, that kind of that bit of honesty, really. Absolutely. If you're running a business... You've got to run a business. Yeah, and I think people are aware that there are big conversations going on for everybody as well, aren't they? And actually, they know those conversations are going on. So, And if you don't tell them what is going on in those conversations or what the narrative is, then they're probably going to think the worst or they're going to think the best. And that's just as bad if they are surprised by something as well. So I think exactly as you said, that honesty is really important. Yeah, not knowing, not knowing. I've been clear because you yeah. know, everybody's looking to Boris Johnson and all these these people who should know. We think they should know. Well, actually, it's very difficult to know to a certain extent. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I think you know, people are looking to to you to have the answers. Well, sometimes we don't have the answers, but we can only, only give so much. I'm really conscious of time. I knew we we'll just have to make these sessions well, longer. <laughs> we're only 15 minutes, only 50 percent over. I think that that is it for the Q and A's and the chats. Um, I think unless anyone's got any final ones they want to slip in, um, but I found that really useful. Thank you, Marianne. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I would be lost with the virtual stuff without you. So, um, <laughs> thank you. Thanks for joining us. I hope it's been useful. Your feedback's really important uh, because then I know whether we're on the right track or not. And if there's something, uh, a session or something else that people want me to organize than I will and um, yeah have a have a great day great weekend and um, thank you thank you for listening to series one episode two on episode three I'll be talking with a tech entrepreneur Steve Dimmick co-founder of Dupo about engaging and growing your audience online hope you enjoyed this podcast and if you do have time we'd love a podcast review thank you so much and if you would like to get in touch please visit our website elevatebc.co.uk 